Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, I got to ask, what happened? What happened? I need to know what happened. Was Adam Wainwright on and just did like an incredible interview or something? Uh, I believe yeah, that's, so. That's what I'm seeing. It's Wednesday, uh, Wednesdays with Wainwright. Yeah. Wow. I kind of want to hear it. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I'm seeing, I, I just came in and, you know, we get done with our show, walk down the hallway, was having a wonderful story with, with what should be a podcast, Randy Carricker and our one, two minute exchange in between shows. And then I just looked at the text inbox, just getting ready to, to read uh, potpourri of attacks and whatever uh, whatever Adam Wainwright just said. Well, you got to go podcast it. Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast. Yeah. I got to go podcast Definitely. it. Definitely. That's what I want to hear. I always look forward to hearing uh, Wayne on with Randy and Michelle every Wednesday. He is an all-timer. Yeah, no doubt. All-timer. Yep. Here, here's what I like to do, Jackson. Sure. I like to use 2000 as the starting date. Okay. And I think of... All time and hell, I can do it. You're I'm going Mount Rushmore. I'm going Mount Rushmore because it's never been done on sports radio. <laughs> All right, so this is kind of like wow, avant garde. Yeah, uh, of St. Louis athletes since 2000. Wow, Wainwright is in there. Yeah, Kurt Warner is in there. Yeah, Yachty's probably in there. <sighs> You got to get Yachty now. I, I feel like inevitably, but it, but see now, now, now I should I should include what I'm. Because if you're going to athlete, then you're going to, you might just go performance on the field or mm-hmm. on the court or on the ice or whatever. I'm talking about when you combine these two factors. Okay. Three factors. Likeability, looking forward to hearing them interviewed, and performance on the field, court, ice, mm-hmm. what have you. Wow. I got to go in the tank. I wasn't prepared to do this. I just opened up the text inbox, sponsored by your comfort service, and... Uh, Usually there's something that uh, I, I, I about four hours later will read to my therapist. Right, right. But in this case, it's a bunch of compliments for this Adam Wainwright interview, which now I want in some story he told. Uh-huh. And I am I am now wanting to hear said story because yeah. we can't listen. We're doing our own little program. We're playing slap and tickle down the hallway. We sure are. Um, so I think you're spot on with Kurt Warner and Kurt Warner and Adam Wainwright cannot be yeah. moved. I think, and it's a late because you're talking about since 2000. It's late, but Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, he's I think great, Ryan O'Reilly is live. He's a great interview. He's obviously again. This captain. is since 2000 in right. St. Louis. Those are all. That's all I'm asking. You can you can include anybody. There is no such thing as an incorrect opinion. Yeah. We do not cancel you for an incorrect opinion. Yeah. On Balloon Party, Jackson wants to. 
I won't let you do it. And I'm going to put a, a fourth member in there, and he's going to be represented. So who do you have? So you have three already? Yeah. What do you have? So, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Kurt Warner, and Adam Wainwright. And my fourth is going to be uh, someone who was a guest on Character and Smallman on Friday, Chris Long. Great oh, player. Wow. Unbelievable interview. Obviously a great guy. Did so much for the community here. I'm going to put Chris Long in at four. It's a nice play, I have to tell you. That He's is my a favorite nice. athlete you, ever. You, you might have done it. Yeah, I think I think that might be it. But I feel like I feel like I'm I mean, I just started this just off the t- cuz I'm just like the fact that you have this guy on and he's on a day. He's starting tonight. And that's another thing. And mm-hmm. I realize that maybe people in the public know, maybe they don't. I'm sure some do, some don't. But most of the time it's just understood you had to treat the starting pitcher on the day of a game the way the attractive girl at a bar would treat me. Yeah. Which would be ignoring. That is that is what it was when you're around the clubhouse. Oh, I wonder if I can talk to him. Well, he's starting today. And you're like, oh, well, I understand. Of course, he's in a bubble. You know, here's yeah. Wainwright. He's on the day. He's pitching against a team they're tied for first for. Yeah. And he's uh, apparently waxing poetic with some incredible stories. He's just a great guy. Um, God. Warner Wainwright. O'Reilly's absolutely live. Uh, who is your – oh, Chris Long. Yeah, C. Long. I mean, we're getting a lot of Isaac Bruce texts. Damn. He's up there. Oh, he recorded it yesterday. All right. Well, there you go. Oh, I'm trying to think. Doesn't change the fact he's a great interview. Oh, he's the best. He really is. Yeah. He's so good. And when he he when he wants to, he he he's kind of in the but he's in the he's in the category. There's two I don't give an F's. Mm-hmm. So I don't give an F because I just don't care. Mm-hmm. He cares, but he doesn't care about the repercussions if he thinks the greater good is served by talking about yeah, it. Right. For example, when he got in trouble. When he did an interview on TMA at the picnic table in 2019, I right, think it was. Right. It might have been 20. Uh, when he was talking about it, he goes, we're going to strike. He was yeah. like, guarantee we're going to strike. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of, we might strike in the middle of the year. And then he got pulled in by the MLBPA, and he got pulled in by the Cardinals yeah. and scolded for it. But he's like, I, this is what I think. Yeah. So, and I, and I appreciate that, too. Now, that that is something that comes with success and money. If you are making the minimum and you're up for, like, week one – and all of a sudden you're popping off like that, it's not going to play well with anybody, including your teammates. Mm-hmm. See, when John Rodriguez appeared on the scene in 2005, I believe, with J-Rod on his spikes, and Tony <laughs> La Russa did not like that. <laughs> Nor, I can tell you, although they didn't say it on the microphone, did some of his teammates. Because, of course, they're like, what do you think, you're A-Rod? <laughs> and we don't know who you are, and you just got called up, and you've got J-Rod on there? does not play well when you're a rookie. So it comes with having some juice, yeah. having some tenure. Yeah. But usually, when you have some juice and some tenure, you just don't do interviews. Mm. That's the way that it works. Right. You kind of don't have to, almost. Right. Mm. Yeah, I'm really happy with my list, actually, the more I think about it. I like where you are, especially considering it's spur of the moment. Yeah, I'm really happy with this list. All right. Oh, so you're going O'Reilly, you're going Wainwright, yeah. you're going Warner, and, Chris and you're Long. going Chris Long. Mm-hmm. I like that play. I feel like there's an obvious one we're missing. Um, again, the, the qualifications are performance, in again, in St. Louis, performance in St. Louis as a player, performance in St. Louis as a player, uh, and then the quality of the interview mm-hmm. and the likability of the person. Of the yeah. There yep. you go. And I think, I think you, I, I have to tell you, I think for just shooting from the hip, you right. might've hit it. Right. And O'Reilly, like I said, hasn't been here that long, but in his short time here, I mean, won a Stanley cup 
and has just been an awesome guy to deal with and talk to. And you, every time he speaks, you look forward to hearing it because you feel like he's speaking for the team. Yeah. Uh, Dave with the Cauliflower here texting in the Air Comfort Service text line. Tavon Austin, Ronnie Belliard, Brett Cecil, and Sasha Havanoff. Yeah, live. That reminds me, 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to this Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash game. Cardinals and Marlins, June 28th. It's the next Bud Bash game of the 2022 season and features a limited edition dual bobblehead giveaway featuring former Cardinals pitchers John Stuper and Dave LaPointe. Get all the details for this Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash now at cardinals.com slash promotions. There it is, Bud Bash ticket giveaway. Yeah, looking for some good texts. What about the slide tackling guy? Can he win again? No, he's out. He, mm-hmm. he got. He, trust me, he sque- he squeezed out as much as he could from that text. Uh, he did. Uh, Tim, what about Ozzy? I it's a great. It's a great one. But, yeah, but, but if we're using the qualification of since two thousand, since playing in St. Louis in yeah. two thousand, that is right. the qualification. Then therefore, the wizard is uh, ineligible. And with regards to Ozzy, however, and I really want to say this to him. Not that I, not that it'll mean a thing to him, but I have observed him going back to when I was a kid and to present day, and I really am in awe of the because he lives here. It's mm-hmm. so like Warner. I was in awe of covering, not because of who he, his talent. Mm-hmm. He can't be in that star effing mode if right, you're covering right. somebody. Yeah, yeah. But the way he carried himself. I was in awe of it. I truly was. But he doesn't live here anymore. Ozzy has lived here since he got traded here, really, for the most part. I mean, I know he goes elsewhere, and he wants to be in the warm weather so he can play golf during the winter, but he lives here. And so that means every day, every day, I would guess, you know, assuming he's out and about, minimum of 10 times a day, somebody's going to want to come up. And, you know, in 2022 now, it's not really autographs, it's pictures. Yeah. And he is just super human with it. Yeah, he's he is super human with it. He is such a great guy. Yeah, and I'm telling you, not only his legacy of bringing a world championship here and gold gloves and the flips and and the pennants in the '80s and another run in '96, which was obviously an awkward way for it all to end and really unfortunate. But you know, 22 years later after he retired, he played a huge role. Huge role perhaps the most important, believe it or not, of St. Louis getting the PGA Championship and continues to work in St. Louis. Just, I almost feel like he's underrated, which is so weird. Yeah, right. When it's... it comes to the greatness. So the text, you're right, Ozzy, but for the purpose of the discussion, we started on 2000. Uh, action, Saction, you Hampton B-boy. That's from the 618. Okay. Glad we got that one in there. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Wayno, Holiday, Bruce, Warner. Holiday's a good one. Holiday's a nice play. Yeah, Holiday's a great one. Holiday has some edge, yeah. uh, which is amusing, yeah. with, with TMA. Surely. <laughs> we were doing the, uh, the show from the picnic table, and, uh, and he came on the show and let us know that Lance Lynn uh, did not want us there, and they were going to take, uh, jet fuel to our picnic table where we do the show from and light it ablaze so we, <laughs> so we could not do the show from there. But when you got Wayno, Holiday, and Lance Lynn kind of eyeing you up and down, you, well, can, you feel like you can take them. You're right, Jackson. That was a, a moment in time where the players were put to the test and they just didn't execute. Uh, I think Wainwright said uh, he would do the show 
This was after a workout. We were there recording, so we were going to tape it, I guess, like what Randy and Michelle did. And uh, and he came over, and in a stunning development, which is really off-brand for TMA, we were not prepared. <laughs> and uh, Doug the Cat and I, um, he sat down, and then Lance Lynn and Matt Holliday, seeing that we were fumbling around, thought this would be a proper time to drop by and see how badly the interview is going. And we all just were like, oh, hey, hey, fellas, how's, how was the workout today? <laughs> and Wayne Wright's like, okay, you guys got me. Ask a question. Well, you think you guys are going to be any good this year? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> you asked the tough questions, yeah, Tim. Yeah, and yeah. physically, you guys weren't weren't imposed by the three pro Well, athletes. if you line me and Holiday up. Similar. Right. Similar comps. Thank you. Upper I didn't body say, strength, at least. I didn't want to say it, but I agree with you. Right. We both do have shaved heads. That's, I think, where, it's, where it stops starts. and starts. Um, and then also, somebody was able to capture a picture of that moment. I wonder if I can find that, where they're staring at us, three legitimately, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, super funny guys, right. but staring at us with just, like, disgust. And then the plowboy, our board operator... With a lack of complete self-awareness, after that disaster of interview, walks up to Holiday and goes, hey, can you sign this ball? And he just slaps it out of his hand and walks off. <laughs> and I go, dude, I go, like, if there's, like, the Ten Commandments of media, yeah. the first commandment is do not ask for interviews. <laughs> or not interviews, uh, autographs, I'm the, sorry. The, the, for the latter, the Freudian slip there uh, might be more yeah, accurate, exactly. though. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim, what about Newt Bar, Cecil, Todd Gurley, and Miles Michaelis? Thanks. That's yeah. from the 618. They're coming in. Uh, you can send yours in 65780. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. I'm just assuming I need to break just because when I realize it's time for me to break, it's usually like five minutes after when I should have break. And I'm should have breaked? That's totally bad. Yeah, broke. Should have broken? Should have broken? Should have nurse broke. Should have broken? Mm. We'll work on that. Yeah, we'll we'll diagram that. sentences in the break. Uh, you are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. What do you want to call it today, Jax? Uh, little Piddles and Hot Love. I see you put yourself first. Yeah, well, this is the Little Piddle Show. <laughs> First and foremost, I actually like that name, The Little Piddle Show. The I think it sends Piddle the right show message. With yep. producer Tim McKernan for one hour. Yeah, maybe we do opposite day. I'll take over. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I can't run the board. I, I no can still run the doing. board. I can All still right. run the board. You want to do it next segment? Okay. Really? No. Six five seven eight zero. Why text in? It's like the mic drops. They never get read or played. That's from Jay. Oh, man. oh jerks, I tell you. It was Jay, but then I didn't see the next text. Jerks, I tell you. It was just Jay, and then the irks, I tell you. Well, isn't that, you know, it's kind of a not, you got your text read saying you're not getting your text read. Yeah, and having done this now for a couple of decades, I know that's a play. Yeah. Like, yep. I guarantee you don't have the balls to read my text. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's not good. It's not It's not about, like, right. being intimidated by reading your random phone right. number text. I don't really care. 
It's just we get a billion of them, right. so it's that's that's actually the real reason. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, you have sent over a potpourri of questions. The if the tree falls in the forest, mm-hmm. uh, questions that I enjoy so much. I don't know what direction I'm going to go on this because again, I'm intrigued. Mm. Uh, before we go there, the Cardinals winning last night. Nolan Gorman, who is kind of starting to teeter on the brink about yeah. five days ago, Strikeout got city. on the heater. Yeah. And the heater was important last night because the Cardinals needed it, and he leads the Cardinals to a victory. So, so far on the series, four-game series, the teams are 1-1, one and one, and Nolan Gorman shining bright. Adam Wainwright, an interview I will go back and listen to that uh, Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman recorded, I gather, yesterday mm-hmm. on the Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast of uh, Carricker and Smallman. Can't wait to hear it because I could listen to that guy. He's a guy... Man, I could do like two hours of a podcast with him. I know he wouldn't want to do two hours of podcast with me, but like if Randy or Michelle ever did two hours of a podcast with him, oh, I can't, I can't get enough of that kind of stuff, man. That's the guy. I've been saying my white whale for my podcast, and it's kind of random. And I also know at this moment, because he's in between jobs, he wouldn't be forthright. Mm-hmm. Is Quinn Snyder? Because ah. I feel like that. That whatever happened in Columbia, Missouri for those seven years, there's a lot of untold stories. And I also think who he is now is not remotely close to who he was then Mm -hmm. and what he would say about it. But if he's in between jobs, at least I assume he's going to coach again. And yeah, uh, I know that that wouldn't be happening. But I really want that one because we kind of got to know each other. And then he got pissed at me and he like one time was coming after me after we did it. And we were doing an interview in the Hearn Center. And I could tell he was pissed. It's after they lost to Marquette, D-Wade. Mm-hmm, 03. Yeah, uh, in overtime. I mean, that's a, that was a hell of a team they lost. That team went to the Final Four. The yeah. Marquette team did. Missouri sick. beat uh, SIU Carbondale. Uh, and in, in, in Illinois, was in the same regional, played Notre Dame. Bill Self was coaching. I think that was the last year he might have coached. Yeah, um, yeah it was, because Roy Williams left, left right. after they lost to Syracuse yeah, in to 03. Go to, yeah. to go to North Carolina. So anyway... I'm like, what is up? And we're doing this interview. We kind of known each other. To look back and the fact that he was hired as the head coach, Norm Stewart's replacement at 32 years old. Now, when you're 22, like I was when he was hired, I'm like, well, 32. You know, yeah, you're thinking right. he's like 70. But right. 32, you look back on that, you're running a program. That I guess it's more common now. But at that time, yeah, it was John John Schaefer is. Uh... Taking over Duke, and he's yeah. Now it's it's, but I mean, he also was there for a while, and right. he's part of the program. Understands the deal either way, and uh, and he's sitting across from me. He's kind of giving me short answers, and he's like staring me down. I go, man, I don't know what this is about. And it's just me and my photographer. Uh-huh. This is a television interview, and Quinn, and we get done. He's like, was that good for you? And I go, yeah, everything's cool, man. I'm like, wow, what is going on with this? And then we're in the basement of the Hearn Center. And he comes walking at me like he's coming at me. Right. You know, and, and you might be surprised to hear this, but he's bigger than me. Mm. Yeah. Sure. That might have caught you off guard. Now, yeah. I know we'll, we'll go back to back when right. we do the White Whale podcast. <laughs> and he goes, you criticize my media relations staff? And I go, well, since you're asking, yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't I mean, yes, if you're going to ask. And it, ha- it hasn't been good since I was like a freshman. Uh, and it's kind of well known in the game. Because uh, you got a problem with that, you can talk to me. And I go, well, I, what, you want me to call you as the head coach <laughs> while you guys are playing the NCAA tournament? Yeah, because what are your thoughts on the 3-2 zone and what's up with the media relations? Team? I mean, I'm like, I think this guy might want to go and what do I do in that situation? <laughs> in the Hearn Center, no less. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole thing. So 
I would love to, because I my guess is, it's like I was talking about on the podcast, the two and a half hour deep dive into the start of the morning grind, which mm-hmm. now is known as the morning after. And I hear clips of myself starting that show and I, I want them all demolished because mm-hmm. I'm so embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. And my guess is, is that Quinn would say, yeah, I wish things would have gone differently and I would have done this, this, and this different. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's who he is because he's a super smart guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's on my white whale of podcasts. But as far as somebody I would want to hear interviewed, um, if I'm not doing the interview, and Adam Wainwright, yeah, man, especially since this may be his last year. Right. Randy and Michelle, like, okay, we're going to do two hours, and we're just going to go and talk about some things that maybe he hasn't talked about. He's just so good. And I used to think people would say, oh, Wainwright will be great in the booth. And I'm just like, he's got a young family. He's made whatever he's made. I would gather well into the nine figures. He isn't going to be broadcasting. But then, sure enough, he popped up last year. And, of course, he's great at it. That's mm-hmm. no surprise. Right. Um, and maybe he'll do it, man. I would have never thought Edmonds would do it. Ever, yeah, ever, ever. I'm, I bet Edmonds didn't think he was going to do it. So maybe it's possible. And that's a great thing for Cardinal fans if he wants to do some games. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he stays involved. He'd be good at anything he'd want to do. He's just that that quality and that talent of a person. Uh, Tim, just off the top of my head, the Mount Rushmore since 2000 would be Wainwright, Warner, Chris Long, and I know it's more recent, but O'Reilly. Well, there, Jackson, look at this. You're in lockstep. You might have done it. Yeah. I mean, I, is this person, like, messing with me? I don't think it's like... Well, maybe, they, you know, the listeners, they cycle on, they cycle yeah. off. They just got in the car. All right. Well, yeah, we're on the same page. Uh, Tim, that's the best interview I've ever heard, not just with Wayne, but with anyone. You won't be disappointed. Had Michelle and Randy nearly in tears. Man, I can't wait to hear it. I'm dead serious. Yeah. I, get, I get so, once I'm into an interview or a book or a TV show, as I think I told you, mm-hmm. The Offer. The Offer, yeah. Huge recommendation on that for anybody looking for a show. It's on the uh, circumstances surrounding the making of The Godfather, which I knew nothing about until the show came along. Mm-hmm. So major recommendation. Once I'm on that, I'm, I'll, I'll, I assure you by, I've got some stuff after today's show, uh, but I will listen to that within the next 24 hours. Can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Wainwright's the best. Uh, let's see. So, Jackson, you got this. Do I need a break? Probably. No. Okay. okay. All right. Here's where you went. CBS Sports posted an article predicting Mizzou to win five games this season. First of all, are you going over or under that number? Secondly, what are some of your biggest concerns heading into the season? And finally, if they get five wins or less, do you think the narrative around Drinkwitz will change in a major way? And will the Missouri Tiger faith will begin to call for his head as opposed to praising his shoes? Praising his shoes? Yeah, they always talk about his Jordans he's wearing. All right. I thought it was a nice little sentence to wrap it up there. Well, we'll have Apparently a, it didn't hit. We'll have, we'll have a very serious meeting following today's show about praising his shoes. I mean a very serious meeting on this. <laughs> um, th- this one also intrigues me, so I'm asking the listeners. I'll, I'll, I'll set it up. We'll go whichever direction the audience wants. It's a democracy here. Yeah, right? absolutely. On uh, what is it called today? Lil Piddle's show? Lil Piddle's not love, yeah. Gronk has announced his retirement for the second time. However, his agent told ESPN that he wouldn't be surprised if Gronk returned if Brady comes calling. What is your opinion about athletes who retire and then unretire? Do you think that ultimate competitive nature that we see in Brady, Tiger, and Michael Jordan takes over for some guys and their need for competition returns or intensifies when they step away from the game? Do you think we could see something similar with Adam Wainwright when the season ends? And then this one. Looking towards the future of sports in St. Louis, how do you think the next rounds of stadiums could impact the city and county? 
since the soccer stadium's brand new, well, not included. However, in the next 20 years, do you think it's a possibility that the Cardinals and Blues would play somewhere in the county as opposed to the city? And what do you think the reaction of the fan base would be? Hypothetically, how would a move like this affect the downtown region and the city as a whole? And all three of those I could go on. Mm-hmm. I really could. I, 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 if we had more time, I would. <laughs> so I, I will turn it over to the people. This is the people's show. This is the people's show. Which of those three would you like to go into the most? We haven't talked about Mizzou football in a while, and I kind of like to I like to talk about that. I mean, I know we're kind of far away from the season, but now less than project- a month away from media days, right? So, you know, media days, all of our favorite. <laughs> the days, SEC media days, man, is yeah, a thing. That's a whole thing. So yeah, you're right. So uh, I like I, mean, I think we haven't talked about them in a while. So. I could go I could go any of those directions. I could go on any of those. I mean, your questions, I'm telling you, I really like. Appreciate them. you. Uh, six five seven eight zero. Which direction would you like us to go? We'll take a break. We'll come back, and whatever the people vote on here via text is what we're going to go to next here on Balloon Party One Hundred One ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party, also known as the Lil Pills Show. <laughs> Alongside Lil Piddles, my name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Uh, Jackson, I would say this text sums up the, the vote that we took. Uh-huh. Before the uh, segment, for those of you just joining us, Jackson's topics, he sends these questions over every night. 5.30 is approximately when they come in. Yeah, about then. Uh, CBS Sports posting an article uh, with the Missouri football team over under at five wins this season. Uh, and then getting in discussion on the that and uh, what the expectations are for the program and what uh, Eli Drinkwitz needs to do. Uh, players retiring and unretiring and retiring and unretiring again. Rob Gronkowski with his agent saying, yeah, he's retired, but he might unretire. And then uh, looking towards the future of sports in St. Louis, how do you think the next round of stadiums could impact the city slash county? Since the soccer stadium is brand new, well, not included. However, in the next 20 years, do you think it's a possibility the Cardinals and Blues would play somewhere in the county as opposed to the city? What do you think the reaction of the fan base would be? Hypothetically, how would a move like this affect the downtown region and the city as a whole? And I would say we got, if I, damn near no votes or so few votes that I, I don't even register them on topic two. Right, I agreed. Uh, and how, what is your in, in interpretation of the votes that came in? I'd say it's almost 50 50 on the stadium talk. See, I would say it was 70 30 on the stadium. Okay. Well, I'm not, but maybe I read it wrong. I mean, I I, I was just, I mean, I I'm taking. The, I went to the Little Wizard's room. I'll be honest with you. I went to the Little Wizard's room. I came back and I was scrolling. And uh, some people really want to hear Missouri football. Some people really feel strongly about the uh, the other one. Yeah, I'm cool with either. I, I was just kind of taking just a look and I'd see. Well, maybe I'll do both of them. Yeah. They got two segments. Yeah, two I'll do segments. both of them. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so I'll start with the stadium one because I felt like that had the 70 30. But maybe I'm off. I don't know. So. I am I am uh, I'm a convert for lack of a better term or maybe I've lost religion that would be a better way to describe it mm-hmm. and by that I mean uh, I lived in downtown St. Louis lived on Washington Avenue 2009 2010 2011 and then I lived in Park Pacific uh, in 2011 and 2012 and then we moved I grew up in South City not downtown I grew up in South City my family still lives on Tam Avenue I love the city uh, I was a huge advocate of downtown St. Louis and and I'm talking about around 2000 because I saw the impact ballparks had on a place specifically the one that I would always use as an example was Denver mm-hmm. and what Chorus Field did for Denver, which at this point nearly a quarter of a century later sounds 
almost fantastic and that it, it was even the case, but Coors Field played a role in the rejuvenation of downtown Denver. Uh, that area was dead. I don't know if how many people in the audience have been to Coors Field for a game, but that's certainly not the case now. And Denver is an absolute thriving city right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the Cardinals went public, and I guess it started around 2000 with saying they need a new stadium, and then they started playing some poker about, well, we might move to Illinois um, and you know, wanting to raise money. I recall, and I think I told the story since we were talking about three weeks ago about uh, this was the day you were out and Rocky was on the board. Mm, okay. And I told the story of that week in June when Jack Buck passed away and then five days later Daryl Kyle passed away. Mm-hmm. And I may have told the story from my interview with Jack Buck that we did on the 4th of July in 2001, uh, less than a year away from him passing, in which he on his own, I think, talked about the need for a new stadium in downtown St. Louis and how people are not looking at it through the prism they need to. And his example was, well, he had two things. He said, first off, all of these, a lot of fans view these owners as silver spoon guys who, you know, are just looking for handouts. And that is just not the case across the board. Certainly some were privileged, no question about it. But other guys were, you know, take your pick of, you know, they they worked themselves into a position where they were successful. And he said, with regards to St. Louis, yes, San Francisco privately funded their ballpark. He said, but San Francisco is a world-class city, and San Francisco is going to be a world-class city where the, whether the Giants are playing baseball yeah. there or not. Yep. So this is Jack Buck saying it. Not a lot of people could have said that without... I mean, probably Jack Buck would have gotten lit up in the era of social media. Yeah. Is Jack Buck saying it? So that it's kind of, he speaks infallibly in St. Louis in 2001. Yeah. And Jack Buck uh, said St. Louis is not in the position of San Francisco. St. Louis needs the Cardinals downtown, and St. Louis needs to build a new ballpark. Um, and he was pretty outspoken about it, and it was not the reason why I was doing the interview. I just wanted to interview Jack Buck. Right. 20 years later, and I subscribe to exactly what Jack Buck was saying, 20 years later, I present this as somebody who at the time thought new buildings for stadiums would lead to essentially what happened in Denver and I know has happened other places, some places that aren't even major league cities um, or major league baseball uh, impacts from buildings. I just don't know. I just don't think it matters. And I'm totally flipped because what you need is residential. And yes, you do have the apartment building there and there may be another apartment building there. But I'm talking about people wanting to live down there. Uh, that's what you need year round. That's what you, that to me is what you need. And I just I, not only am I not sure that that will ever happen here. Um, I also don't know how important it is for it to happen here. And I feel like. And I'm not saying I'm well. I'm sure I will be told to f off by a lot of people. I don't care, but 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 I'm but I also want to say this: I'm open to being told I'm wrong. If somebody presents a study that says, you know, take a look at this. This is why I think it is important to have teams downtown. I think it has almost become sports dogma, especially for cities like St. Louis that are not as big as a New York City or a Chicago or L.A. Um, that you have to have your sports stadium downtown or else it, it renders your downtown useless and it has a negative impact on the region. I subscribed to that belief. I was in on that. And now, 22 years later, and I look at some of the areas that are thriving, and they're not necessarily, and I'm talking about other cities, 
it's I, I don't necessarily think it's because of their downtowns. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that may have been the case perhaps back in take your pick of whatever era, mm-hmm. but years gone by, like a long time ago. And I just don't know if it matters. Uh, if you want to take a look at some areas that are experiencing an incredible amount of growth, I don't necessarily know if you would go there. Downtown is the reason. And so when you ask the question of what stadiums will look like if, for example, the car, and I know it sounds crazy because th- th- I'm sure most people picture Bush Stadium right now as being brand new. Right. I still do. Mm-hmm. It is 16 years old. Now, I don't want to get into this kind of social media president precedent where you go, oh, well, this happened to this person for this tweet, and then therefore it's like a Supreme Court ruling. That's not it. It's a company going, let's cut our losses and move on so we can go back to making money and not deal with this person who's become an albatross because of their Twitter account. And But somehow that becomes like a legal precedent. That's not what I'm saying. Atlanta is a big outlier. Turner Field opened in 1997. Uh-huh. It's not even around anymore. Right. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's I think f- been four years I think since they moved into that new ballpark and it's had a new it's a, now a new name, uh, but I think it was SunTrust when yeah, it opened. I thought it was SunTrust. Yeah. And so uh, now that is an extreme example. The Rangers ballpark at Arlington, where the Cardinals played in the 2011 World Series, now they're playing in that dome thing warehouse. Um, I know why they did it. It's for the heat there. Yeah. But that was that was not built in the 1980s. I'm oh. virtually certain. I think that was early 1990s. The point in bringing those up is these stadiums don't necessarily have the lives that I think people who saw them built think that they do. Right. And so in reality, the Cardinals moved in building the Bush Stadium that most of us grew up with or are familiar with in the mid-1960s. And 34 years later, they were talking about moving into a new stadium. Well, how old is this one? 16 years old. 16 years. So we're about halfway to the point where they will start, at least if you're going to use that as the historical age, from them having that conversation, which, of course, most likely will not be very popular. Now, I'm not talking about the Cardinals leaving St. Louis at all. I want to make that clear. Jackson asked about the city, county, and the impact on downtown. And what I am telling you, and I think a lot of people in St. Louis would say it, even though they might be hesitant to say it because it's so kind of outside the box and around here where everybody knows everybody, you don't want to be the bad guy, but I'm already the bad guy. So I'm happy to say it. I don't think it needs to be downtown. Mm. I don't think it needs to be downtown. Mm. I think more people would be apt to go to a game if it weren't downtown. And keep in mind, this is coming from somebody who a decade ago was living downtown. I'm not talking about growing up in South City. I'm talking about actual Washington Avenue and who loved it. But I just am not sure that that's not that's necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. And also, if we're not trying to force something that can't happen, like I can stretch every day and I'm not going to be 5'10", it's not going to happen. It's just something that I just don't know if this metropolitan area's makeup is cut out for. You don't have as many young professionals in St. Louis as you do Chicago. And who is living downtown? It's not families. You want people to live downtown, well, then you better have some schools that are going to be affordable that people are going to go to or a public school system that people are going to want to go to in order to be able to live down there. That is not the current setup. You better have a crime situation tended to. That is not the case. So from that standpoint, now we're talking in 2022 about what the world looks like in 2040. I have no idea what it will look like. But what I am just introducing into the conversation is a team playing downtown, which used to just be the expectation for most places, 
is not something I believe is a necessity, nor do I believe it is suddenly going to lead to a bunch of people who make a decent living in their 20s or 30s moving down there. That is my master's thesis. Jackson, you are a 24-year-old gentleman. You may be coming at it from a different angle. What do you think? I like the stadium downtown. I like the view of the arch. I know pragmatically it might not make the most sense, but I just, I like... Well, I think you're in the majority, so you don't have to defend it like it's a minority position. I I think you made some great points, and I don't don't think it would make a huge impact. I don't think it, like like you said, it's not necessary. I just like that it's there. I I think it's great that when you come into St. Louis... On 64, going westbound, you see the arch, the skyline, and the first thing you see on the right is Bush Stadium. I think it's a nice welcome to the city, and uh, I like where what it is. What has that done for us? Oh, nothing. Like I said, pragmatically, it doesn't make much sense. This is purely emotional. I just like where it is, and I think it's a great setup. I think that—and I don't know. I, th- I think more people probably would go to games if it wasn't downtown, but I, I don't think being downtown hinders people from going. I, I know that's that might a, sound. That, that, that sounds. Uh, I know. Respectfully, I say that's c- kind of conflicting. Right. Right. I think more people would go, but I don't think people are like, I don't want. I don't want to go because it's downtown. I think more people would go. If I it follow. Was okay, I follow you. There's a difference there. But I think that I don't think people would stop to go because it's downtown. I think it's just great, and I like how it is. But I wouldn't be like. I'm not going to games because they're moving to the county. I just like watching Cardinal games. Tim, I could see the Blues moving to St. Louis County before the Cardinals. That's from the 314. Uh, Tim, uh, being downtown actually does hinder people from going. Uh, That is from the 314. You are a dumbass, Tim. That is from the 636. There you go. Uh, You know, conversation starter. (laughs) Uh, Tim, I am the same way. Live downtown, Midtown, Soulard, worked for the city. There is no reason to keep shoveling money into downtown at this point. It's pretty sad, but it is what it is. Just don't put anything in Maryland Heights. That place sucks and smells like garbage. I have no idea why Maryland Heights took shrapnel at the very end of the text, but there it is. I read whatever is in the uh, the teleprompter. To be clear, I want to reiterate, it's not like I'm saying this is the question Jackson posed. Uh, and, and, and I don't I have no idea what the plans would be. My mm-hmm. observation is more of a, a macro and it's not even necessarily related specifically to St. Louis. And that is, I think, for people of a certain age, that it is this dogma that, that teams have to have their buildings downtown. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, the Braves, for example, and again, that's not a precedent, but the Braves, one of the reasons they moved to where they did is because more of their fan base's population center was toward that side of the city. Mm-hmm. So if you drive from St. Louis to Atlanta or through Atlanta, you see that ballpark probably, well, you can't use minutes when you're talking about driving through Atlanta because the traffic's yeah. so brutal, but it's a decent ways away from the ballpark on the St. Louis side of right. Atlanta. right. Uh, whereas Turner Field was part of the Olympics in 96. Right, right by the torch. Right? And, and is right there Across basically the, downtown. Yeah. So it's a different deal. But but Atlanta's a totally different makeup of a city and also a totally Atlanta's a th- growing city with a totally transient demographic. St. Louis is a provincial city that is in, at this moment, population stagnation or decline. It's basically the same people just moving around. Now, I, as I've said before, would buy stock in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many of you are saying, oh my God, why would you do that? Which is why I would buy stock in St. Louis. That's exactly how you buy stock mm-hmm. when everybody else is off of it. Uh, because it's a low play right now. It's at a low price point. But part of a belief in a city has to come from a belief in leadership. And I think that's something that we lack. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final segment, Jackson. You got tickets to give away? Have you given them away? I sure do. What are we giving away here? So we're going to give them away the tickets. Yeah, we're going to give them away the Connor. Now, what Connor? Connor. Connor. What Connor sent in uh, before, uh, what after my questions were presented was, of course, boy wants to move the teams <laughs> to the Burbs. <laughs> I just thought that was congratulations, Connor. It's yeah, well deserved. It's really well done. So you're going to the Cardinal game. But I hope you get tickets. to sit next to Slide Tackle guy. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Maybe I, they could all get I'd a like picture. To have them and I'd like to do a two-hour podcast with Connor and Slide Tackle guy. Slide actually, tackle, yeah. and you'd get to stare at boy the whole time. Right. On the Mizzou thing, uh, I enjoyed the discussion. This is the thing. I could go another hour on the stadium topic. We got a hell of a lot of feedback. A gentleman uh, apologized, said, okay, I apologize. That was a good segment. Uh, well, thank you. I enjoyed talking about it. Um, but I'm on the clock. I only got a couple minutes left to do uh, this one, which was Jackson asking about the CBS Sports article. So the Missouri win total for the season is five? Yes. That is truly surprising to Shocking. me. Shocking. I mean, they have and a tough schedule. That's, that's, that's year, at but... Caesars? That's where that is? Yeah. Okay. I was looking for it elsewhere to try to right, confirm it. Right, me too. It. Couldn't see it. But five is a... Yeah, I mean, that's... Just, just, just for the record, so CBS Sports article says they'll beat Louisiana Tech, they'll win at Kansas State. I know a lot of yeah, Missouri right. fans feel like that's a that's one that kind of determines the season. Yeah, of course, Abilene Christian, Vanderbilt, they include Kentucky. CBS Sports does in there, right? Tough game last year, and New Mexico State. So that gets them to six. So they say take the over on it. Yeah, uh, they've got losses at Auburn, at home against Georgia, at Florida, at South Carolina, at Tennessee, and at home against Arkansas. Uh, and the analysis is odds makers don't have a lot of faith in the Tigers this year, but it's safe to say Eli Drinkwitz will get enough out of his running backs to stay competitive in the East. I don't know why they say that, but okay. The home slate is relatively easy, and a road trip to Kansas State won't be as challenging as some think. Games versus South Carolina and Arkansas will determine if this is a decent season or if the Tigers become a pleasant surprise. So they are on the over on that. I, I, I Here's where I am on the thing. I don't buy in to Eli Drinkwitz like... I think a lot of Missouri fans do, and I am a Missouri fan for the record. Um, so I'm in the minority on that. Uh, if anything, I'm higher on Dennis Gates actually than I am Eli Drinkwitz. And I know that puts me in a minority. I know Missouri fans really hate to hear that, but I kind of feel like it's the same way that Rams fans were with Sam Bradford. Like, Oh God, if not him, then we're doomed. Right. Part of it is I'm just not sold. Uh, and then the other part is I feel like if he gets to like a, a decent offer somewhere else, I think he's gone. Right. So that's just, I just don't buy in. But I know a lot of my friends who are Missouri fans hate when I say that. Um, but I, again, honesty and media, that's how I see it. With all of that said, the reason I established that is I don't care if he wins five games. I don't care if he wins six games this year. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he wins seven games this year. I don't think it is healthy for a program anywhere, and perhaps especially Columbia, Missouri, to set a precedent that you're just going through coaches. And granted, this wouldn't be as fast as the Knoxville, Tennessee turnstile. But on top of it, a lot of his success and the reason for optimism is based on recruiting. So let him have his guys in there. And this year, it is a tougher schedule. Mm -hmm. And so, fine, they win five games. But also the way I judge a program is how they are performing in those games. Are they competitive? Are they in the mix? Because you're handed, essentially, Louisiana Tech, Abilene Christian, Vanderbilt, and New Mexico State. Those are four off the bat. And then if you only win another one and you get hammered against most of the other ones, then where are you? But still, I'd like to see him get a fourth year no matter what. And I'm just not on the hot seat train, even though I'm not buying that there's going to be a statue of him out there. And not to say that people think that there will be. 
But I think there's just a lot of optimism, and it's rooted in recruiting rankings more so than what's happened on the field. I have no idea what the win is. You'd go, my God, Eli Drinkwitz did this. That Eli, that LSU thing was a, a farce. Yeah, that wasn't team. a good team. And the Florida game, I mean, they, 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 you lose to Mizzou and you get fired. That's what happens. Dan Mullen and Ed Orgeron. So <laughs> it's just, and it's been, it goes back Tough before reality. that. It's, so that's that's the way that it is. And, you know, listen, I, I hope they win eight, nine games. But yeah. uh, even if they win five, I'm not going, oh, got to get rid of them. That's not where I am on it. Yeah. So I think I'm on an island, essentially. All right, got to go. BK and Ferrari up next. Oh, what do you got, Jackson? Uh, come see me out Friday. Me and the one-on-one crew will be at the Federated. You're making public appearances. That's what I do. I'm a man of the people. We'll be at the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 this Friday from 4 to 6, gearing up for the St. Louis Firecracker Faceoff. The world of outlaw late miles and the dirt car racing summer nationals collide for the inaugural St. Louis Firecracker Faceoff. The St. Louis Firecracker Faceoff taking place this Friday and Saturday at the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55. Come the, see me. There it is. BK and Ferrari up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.